everybody back to another edition of fangirl chat the show where we just kind of talk about our geeky things that we love and like and whatever's going on in pop culture so right now in pop culture the big thing is finding dory and how much money it's doing at the box office which is huge but before we get there let me introduce my co-host for this episode sarah woloski from skywalking through neverland and fangirls going rogue how is your day going Oh, it's a nice chill day for once in the summer. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. We're like recording in the middle of the day because you're off of school, right? Which is amazing, by the I way. Know. I love being I able to record in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is when we usually record if we can. Uh, it, it hel- it's helpful when, when you're recording with someone from hmm, Australia or oh, nice. England. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. It's like 1030... AM seems to be a great time to record for people in England. I don't know. So, <laughs> but, but otherwise I usually work, you know, a lot in the summer, but today happens to be one of those nice days where I don't have any shows. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, there's been a couple of things that have happened. The Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Disney Zoom Zooms came out. And for those of you who don't know what a Zoom Zoom is, Zoom Zoom means stack stack in Japanese, and they are originally from Japan, little Japanese sort of pill-shaped toys, plush, and not all of them look great. (laughs) Some of them do. Some of them look funny. Yeah, the people tend to not be awesome, but animals always are pretty good in the Tsum Tsum shape. So the Force Awakens ones came out. I was not prepared for this, and when I saw that they had come out, I immediately called my mom at like eight o'clock in the morning and said, Hey, you wanna come over here at nine and pick me up and we can drive out to the Disney store, which is about an hour away. Whoa. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's away on the other side of town. It's in North Austin. Oh. And she goes, Okay. And it's only an hour because of traffic, but it would be maybe thirty, forty minutes without traffic. So still it's it's a it's a hike. Right. So we went out and we got there. We got there right at opening where they were doing their like have you been at a Disney store when it opens? Uh, yeah, they do that fun ceremony. Let me ask you a question. Is this at the, what 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 area of town, or what was the name of the place called? The name of the mall. Oh, Lakeline Mall. Oh, Lake. oh. You know what gosh, I'm talking that's about. That's a mall that was 10 minutes away from my house. Okay, so 10 minutes away from your house mm-hmm. growing up. That mall's about 40 minutes away from where I'm at. Wow. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm way south Austin. I'm on the edge of Austin and Buda. So, right. You know, trying to figure out getting on the highways, and you know, because you're from Austin, so it's either mm-hmm. 
the lesser of two evils. It's either Mopac or 35. Oh, yeah. And in the morning, <laughs> with going to work traffic, it made me want to claw my eyes out. Oh, but I wanted to get there because they do sell out of these things. So we got there and they were doing this ceremony to open it. And, you know, this Disney store, they haven't revamped it or maybe you haven't been in long enough, but they haven't revamped it with the way the new Disney stores look. Okay. And so they don't have the like big cool key that they right. open the store oh, with. They so don't. They, they open the store with like this little magic book thing. And the, today, or not today, but yesterday when they, we were doing it, they opened the store with everybody making BB-8 sounds. It was, pretty, it was pretty cute. So we get in there, and there's a line, and I'm, they have a they have them set up on a table kind of in the middle of the store, and everybody's going to the table and waiting in line in the front side of the table. So I went to the back side of the table and just started reaching, nice. <laughs> over people. Wow. Did anyone call you out on that, or was no. it okay? But I was just like, there are two sides to a table, theoretically. <laughs> you know, that's what I think about when I go to buffets. Right, there's two sides to a buffet. So yeah, just... and everyone, it's like the, the mob syndrome. Mm-hmm. Or the line syndrome, I don't know, yeah. The, what is Politeness? it Politeness? I don't know. No, no all the, those animals that follow each other. Uh, like in Zootopia, when he was feeding the popsicles to those le- lemmings, lemmings. Were they lemmings or were they moles? No, they're lemmings. Oh, okay. Lemmings follow each other. Oh, that's right. So or cute. They were... Anyway. Well, or were they lemurs? Uh, le- no, they were lemmings. Uh, lemurs, lemurs are from, uh, Lion King. Lemur, no, those are meerkats. Oh, those are meerkats. Lemurs Ever- are in Madagascar. They're the but ones lemurs- that sing, I like to move it, move it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't they look like meerkats a little bit? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> off topic. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the show t- is about animals. But oh. yeah, so we so we picked him up and I was looking at him and I already had an inkling because I had seen the preview images <laughs> that Poe Dameron was going to upset me. But I waited until I got there, Uh-oh. but I was right. He, I don't understand the Disney store sometimes because in the Elite series, mm-hmm. he looks great. He mm. looks awesome. Like his skin tone's a little bit darker than, you know, like Ray, for example, and he looks great. And then in Tsum Tsum World, it's like they have two skin tones, apparently, Finn color and Ray color. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Poe shade. Oh, so, so I was, was pretty white. I think oh, I saw he tweet. looked like Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hello. Uh-huh. Hello. Uh, so they could have used a tanner fabric considering Oscar Isaac is Latino and they could have done it, but they didn't. And so they made me mad. And so I did not buy Poe out of pure just I will not give them my money for something that's wrong. Um, okay. My mom did, though, because she loves Poe, and she was having a struggle with herself. Because she didn't want to, but she wanted to get him just in case. And I'm like, <laughs> just buy him. You know, I'm not going to, but you can. So I ended up with three of the Force Awakens set. I did not get all of them. Okay. I have issues with how they do hoods and capes on Tsum Tsums. How do they? Well, it's just, you know, it's like little pieces of fabric that are oddly shaped because of the pill shape thing. 
Right. You know, so Phasma's cape, for example, if you got the right one, it was laying flat, but otherwise it's like sticking up at all kinds of weird angles. And hmm. I'm just like, mm. and Kylo Ren's hood, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. Could not to, do it. <laughs> I have to go look at these pictures. I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. You have to see them in person because the one, the pictures, of course, are the perfectly stylized uh, ones, you know? Yes. Like, you have to look at them and go, yeah, that looks funny. <laughs> so, I just went with Ray, Bun Bun Ray. I guess it's Bun okay. Bun Bun Ray. Ah, bun, yes. Bun Cubed Ray. And then Scavenger Ray, where she has her goggles, and BB-8 in the small ones. I almost got Finn with the jacket. But okay. I didn't. And then I got Boba Fett. I have the first Boba Fett that they did. But apparently last month they did a reissue and they made him battle damaged. And they changed oh. his colors to where he's more accurately colored. Because before his green was like a super, super bright aerial fin green. Mm. And now it's that muted sort of army green, how it should be. And he has, like, some battle damage on his mask and stuff like that on his helmet. And so I had to get that because I hadn't seen that before. I was, like, variant. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got medium-sized BB-8, who is the best to sleep with. He's amazing. Aww. He's a amazing teddy bear-sized cuddle bug. <laughs> so that's what that's I ended so up cute. getting. You know what? If I had to pick one, I lean toward the scavenger Ray because she, that's adorable. The one with the goggles? Yeah, I love how she has the goggles and yet she has her eyes with the little, with the, um, her eyelashes are showing. Eyelashes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's cute. And she's actually considered, when you buy them and you look at your receipt, she rings up as Ray variant. Hmm. So she's the official variant, I guess. Okay. And so in the collection, there's Ray, the variant Ray, Kylo Ren, Phasma, Finn in the Stormtrooper outfit, Finn in his jacket, Poe, BB-8, a Stormtrooper, and I don't know if I said Phasma already, but Phasma. So that's all of them. And with the first group of people that was there, the one that was completely gone was Bun Ray. Bun oh, Ray was gone. And then they came out with some bags to refill, and they had more of her. But if you just looked at what the first group of people that was there got, uh, so Ray and BB-8 were the two in the mini size that were... Gone. And Poe. Okay. Oh, hmm. interesting. So it's pretty cool. And there were some people that showed up because they know it's Zoom Zoom Tuesday, but they didn't know who any of the characters were. And so I was explaining to them who they are and they were like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll get these for my son. So it was like a mom who didn't know who they were, <laughs> but she was trying to make sure she got the right ones. Oh, I'm like, well, you could probably pick any of them, but these are probably the most popular ones. And they had medium sized Kylo Ren and BB-8. And I can't remember if there was another one. And then they had large BB-8, but I did not want large BB-8 because he's too big. Too big? Okay. He's hmm. just way too big. So nice. that was, it was cool. And they had other Sim Sims there. The, the new Alice in Wonderland collection was there. The winky-faced Disney characters. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, because they have the regular ones, and then there's the ones that are winky-faced, and then the ones that are asleep. So there's <laughs> different ones. And then there were uh, Marvel and the Spider-Man one was there, and I almost got him, but then I didn't. <laughs> and they have some of the original trilogy Star Wars ones as well. 
Okay. So they had a good selection. I just had to narrow it down. And then my mom got me a shirt. It's a... I've never seen it before. It's a gravy neck shirt that has BB-8 on it and then like a schematic BB-8. And it's pink and purple printing that says, I am the droid you're looking for. Aww. <laughs> I was like, I have to have that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so cute. So you don't do Sim Sims, right? No, 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 no. No, I'm, you're... I'm staying away because I do, I do the itty bitties, and I like the fact that you can see their whole body and their face at the same time. I agree, and I'm, <laughs> I'm more of an itty bitties person than I am Sim Sims, but I had to get BB-8. That was and or and Ray. I was like, right. I need them just to support the buying of Ray things. Ah, uh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, well, but I do, I do like the itty bitties better. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think, because once you stack them, you lose all that side detail on the Zoom Zoom, so, I right, don't know. and they have detail all over them, on their back yeah. and on their sides and everything. Yeah, you're right, you just don't see it. And if you don't get one that's positioned the right way, you can't really see its face. Mm, because it's kind of like, you know, because of the stuffing inside of it. Yeah. It's got to be stuffed the right way so that the face is kind of looking up. Otherwise, it sort of looks down a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. It plush problems. Yeah. <laughs> something else came out. And okay. Disney Infinity's Finding Dory playset, which is basically the last playset we will ever get. I know. Ever. I'm so sad. I know. Me too. So oh. you got it. I did. Where did you get it? Because uh, I will find it. Did I get it? I got it at Target. Yes, but I did not find Nemo. I'm oh. still looking for Nemo. <laughs> because it's just finding, it's just Dory and the playset piece, right? Yes. And then Nemo is its own playset, you know, its own uh, character right. on his own. And I, apparently some Nemos come with just the character, like any Disney Infinity character, but some of them come with the two Nemo uh, play, like the discs, the, what are those called? The, the discs that, yeah, the power discs. Huh. So, be, and they're apparently the same price. So if you can, find one, a Nemo with the power discs. Yeah, I think it's getting to the point where people, the retailers don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, whatever. Yeah, it's almost like you have to go find them uh, online, I suppose. But I found it at my Target, and I was happy. I think I, I got like one of the last ones on the shelf, but I didn't go in the morning. You know, I was there kind of later in the day, and I did end up playing the playset for about an hour last night. And I'm assuming you're swimming. Yes. Yeah. So I was wondering what would happen with Dory when you took her into the toy box. Mm-hmm. And it's just like she's kind of like a flying character that has a, a invisible ceiling. Okay. Yeah. So she can't go too high and you can like do a little jump and she like kind of jumps up and, and floats there for a little bit and then goes down and splashes. And, and like there's ripples, but it's not like that she's in water, but there are ripples like she is in water. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so, so it's like she's flying, you know, a few feet above the ground and and then she can't fly as high as say Iron Man or um, Thor, yeah. But uh, we do have what do we have? Oh, the playset. It's very cute. It's a lot like the Inside Out playset. Now I say that, but I know you haven't played the Inside Out playset. Oh, right? it's like the bane of my existence. I keep buying other things and forget that I need to buy that. 
Yes. Well, the Inside Out playset is really cool in the in that it has 2D and 3D levels. Hmm. I so, didn't buy it from somebody who's mad at Disney Infinity, and so they're just uh, dashing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, but that's kind of how Nemo or the Finding Dory playset is. Is that it? It has different levels that are variously like 2D or there's one level where you're flying through the ocean and you have to avoid the coral and things and you and sharks and stuff and that that's kind of like you're in the Millennium Falcon following a path you know how those playsets did that yeah 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 where where it's almost like you're a ship following a path that's already kind of there for you and you just have to avoid things as you go so it it's it's pretty it's like simple it's for Younger kids, I would say, even than some of the other Disney Infinity it's play sets. Like the Cars playset, almost. Where oh, you really? Just really drive around and hit things. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never played that one. Oh, but, oh. yeah. Okay, so like, now that Disney Infinity is over, I can honestly say that Disney Infinity 1.0 is probably my favorite, mm. and then Star Wars. So, just because I love having pirates and the Lone Ranger and. Toy Story and uh, the Cars and the Incredibles. Like, it was awesome having all of that stuff because it was uh-huh. so many play sets at one time. Oh, cool. You know, and then since then, it's been like, uh, here's a bajillion characters and one playset. <laughs> right. That not all the characters can play in. Right. So I don't have any, now that it's over, I've been able to say, okay, I only want certain characters that I'm missing and then I'm done. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want all the characters. Like, none of the Alice in Wonderland characters appeal no. to me at all. I mean, I might want the Mad Hatter, but that's it. He looks creepy, though. Have you seen this figure? Yeah, I know he looks creepy. <laughs> I don't like him. Like, I don't want him on my shelf. What does he do when he comes alive at night? I wouldn't want to inflict that on my other Disney Infinity characters. Oh, that's so funny. I, um, when we were at Disney, we were in line for It's a Small World, and I made a new version of the It's a Small World song because we were waiting for so long. <laughs> uh-huh. That had to do with, like, you know, something like I'm a cannibalistic doll and, like, all this stuff. <laughs> oh, my reminded. goodness. I was really bored. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was in line. Well, because we, me and Greg have this thing that we firmly believe that the dolls inside of It's a Small World wake up in the middle of the night, and if you were there, that they would eat you. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, and on a short note, um, before we jump into talking about Finding Dory, which is what we're talking about on this episode, the actual movie, not the Disney Infinity playset, um... We are going to Star Wars Celebration, both of us. We are going, mm-hmm. and we are excited about it. So I'm sure more of that will be to come on Fangirls Going Rogue, so you can check in over there as we discuss the most amazing event of 2017. I know, right? <laughs> Woohoo! Not including my wedding anniversary, so uh, hopefully husband doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell. Okay, no telling. And none of the rest of you listening, no telling. <laughs> so let's get into it. So we both got to see Finding Dory early. Mm-hmm. You got to see it a few days before I did, I think. Um, I saw mine just about a week in advance of the film coming out when I was on my trip to Walt Disney World via the Disney Vacation Club. They did a members-only screening, so we got registered for that and we got to go. And then you got to see it before that. 
I saw it at a press screening, I believe the Monday before that at Walt right. Disney Studios. So almost two weeks before the the movie came out. Okay. It gave me time to write my review. So let's discuss our thoughts going into Finding Dory. Because I know Finding Dory is your favorite Pixar movie. Finding Nemo. That's right. Sorry. Yes. Wrong I know. One. Believe me. When the I was writing my review, movie, I kept getting it confused. <laughs> Finding Nemo is your favorite Pixar movie of all time. Yes. yes. So would... what were your initial thoughts when they announced it, as it got closer, when you were about to see it? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, yes, I've always loved Finding Nemo. It's one of those staples that I probably watch every couple years, you know. And, uh, yeah, I just love those under-the-sea movies. I think it goes back to Little Mermaid for me. You know, they're just just loving those under the sea things. And also, Richard and I have gotten into watching The Ellen Show, which is so much fun. And she is so adorable. And she's always making she was always making jokes about where is a sequel to Finding Nemo? There's a sequel to Cars. There's a sequel to The Incredibles coming. There's, you know, like there's all these sequels announced and no sequel to Finding Nemo. Well, of course, finally they announced the sequel and it's going to be Finding Dory. And I believe they announced it on her show as well. So I was super excited, you know, for this movie, just knowing how much I loved Finding Nemo and the setting of the ocean and knowing how much I love Ellen so I thought, oh, this is going to be like the perfect movie ever, right? So my expectations were very, very high going into seeing this film. And I think that ultimately kind of hurt me. Oh, no. Yeah. In the end. So that that's my what, what I came into it with. What about you? So I, I really like Finding Nemo. And I realized how much I liked it even more after we watched it at Disney before we went and saw it. Because you can rent movies if you're a DVC member. And they have Finding ah. Nemo. So we rented it so that we could watch it in our room. And I was just laughing. And it's been so long since I've really seen it. Because we tried to watch it a few weeks ago. And my DVD version, for some reason, does not cooperate with my DVD player. Oh, no! I have no idea why. It's like, cannot read disc. You know, it it's just basically spits it out. So I need yeah. to buy a new one. Um, so it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> and when we were watching it, it's just like the stuff that Dory says and some of the things that happen. Because there's this one line that I've been saying for like two weeks when she says, his son, Bingo. (laughs) She's like, he's like, Nemo, Nemo. (laughs) And it's just really funny. So I was like, okay, well, I'm ready for this because Dory's hilarious and I I can't wait to see it. So we get in and we got free tickets, which was awesome. We got free popcorn and drinks. Oh, nice. also awesome. Well, you happen to be at Walt Disney World for this screening for DVC members, right? Right, yeah. That's so awesome. And it took place on Speak Like a Whale Day, which was Friday the 11th, which was pretty cool. Or Saturday. Saturday, the whatever date. And it was Speak Like a Whale Day, and they were getting down Disney Springs all set up for Speak Like a Whale Day. And we were in line, and we were in line so far back. I was like, how many theaters are they showing this in? Because otherwise, we're sitting in the front row. But they had several different theaters. The whole entire AMC movie theater was shut down wow. for this. Now, it wasn't every screen, but it was on at least three or four screens. And they took your phones, and they did um, a metal detector thingy. 
and mm-hmm. checked you, you know, for security and all this stuff. And you got free popcorn and drinks. And we got to sit in the very back row of the theater, which was nice. And we saw the 3D version. And nice. I was just like, oh, my God, this is great. Because I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go in expecting anything other than it being funny. Yes. And so I left going, that was fabulous. That was <laughs> so good. It might be better than Finding Nemo. <laughs> and so, you know, I had to really have to watch them back to back to compare. But I think they would go hand in hand as like one big movie. Like if they put them together, you could mm-hmm. just watch it and like flow right into the next one. But I think it just had, it had the more Dory feel to it. Right. And I actually kind of liked that there was not as much Marlin. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to punch Marlin in the face. <laughs> I can I can hear that. I, I understand that. But Nemo was great because he was talking back to his dad and being like, oh, really, dad? You know, maybe it's your fault. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Stuff like that. It was great. So the plot of the movie is essentially Dory realizes that she wants to find her family and she has little snippets of things that she can remember, but her short-term or long-term memory loss or whatever it is has been around since she was a kid. And so we get to see baby Dory, who is the cutest thing ever with like huge eyes. Yes. Can I just say when that first, that first moment when you see baby Dory, like the entire theater I was in gasped (laughs) like this collective, you know, it was so funny. Yeah, because she's, you didn't really know what to expect when you see Baby Dory. No. And then you see Baby Dory and you're like, oh. That's <laughs> the cutest like, thing. Yeah, and the way she talks and I don't know, it was just, it was really cool to see how even fish parents have children with challenges <laughs> and, how, <laughs> and how they deal with them, you know, through trails of shells and like things like that. And so we get to see how Dory begins to remember things and wanting to find her parents and that this is a passion for her and um all this really cool stuff and then we get to meet a whole bunch of new characters which was probably my favorite part to be honest i loved meeting all the new ones and do you have a favorite from the new characters oh uh uh, probably hank yeah well hank the septipus yeah the septipus (laughs) <laughs> I would say that was great she's like you're missing one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so and you know what that was one of the coolest things about Dory is all of the facts about the ocean and creatures in the ocean that she actually knows because we come to find out that Dory is from an aquarium or yes. a fish hospital which is essentially an aquarium and she remembers all of that stuff but yeah. she doesn't remember <laughs> I think it's cool how they could back engineer her story. Yeah. Uh, that way. And uh, yeah, just like li- listening to some of the press conference was really interesting to hear, you know, the filmmakers talk about it. Uh, but well, what's your favorite joke in the whole movie? Cause, cause I have one. Oh goodness. You know what? It might be, it's a combination between destiny, not being able to see and Bailey and his whole echolocation thing. Mm-hmm. He, he has this one thing and he says, oh, my head hurts. I have this lump on my head. And she's <laughs> like, 
you're a beluga, you're supposed to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And he's just like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he's like, I feel stupid when he's oh. trying to do his echolocation thing. Right. And then along with that, because it kind of all centers around that, when Dory meets Marlin and Nemo in the, the pipes. Right. And he's like, it's consuming her! <laughs> because he can see them in oh, the pipes. Right. Yeah, that's cute. My my favorite joke was the running joke of Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah, that was great. Sigourney <laughs> was Weaver so says. Funny. Yeah, I just love how the fish just knew her name because I'm Sigourney Weaver, blah, 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 blah. And to, to hear at the press conference, I guess that was kind of an inside joke that was never nixed. At, you know, for internal screenings, because I guess at internal screenings, they, they do a lot of inside jokes. And, and then as it gets closer to the date, you know, the directors or whoever will go, yeah, you need to get rid of that and make it the real joke for the public, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was just a joke that just stayed. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was yeah. funny. And then also, I like the reoccurrence of the sea lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that was great when they were like... They were like, off, 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 off. Like mine, mine, mine. Yeah, yeah that was that was funny. I did, I did like the fact that they would um, kind of call back to Finding Nemo that way. Now, did you feel like any of the movie was a little bit on the extreme side of like, okay. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> like that whole, that whole, um, what is it? Uh, Bond car chase segment? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what what movie are we watching? Well, you know, what was interesting to me is, like, how much Hank could be out of water. Yes. I was like, what, do, do octopi or septopi not have to be in the water That's all the time? That's a good time? question. I don't know. Because he clearly hangs out outside of the water a lot. Yeah. Huh. And so, you know, so he's driving. And then I love how Dory was just in any kind of cup. Uh-huh. And I'm like, doesn't she need salt water? Just asking. I mean, oh. she's a saltwater fish, right? So just Yeah, I don't know. Curiosity. Huh. But, but you know, it was it was cool. I mean, I didn't really think about that stuff until later. Now I did I was a little bit like, okay, with the car chase, what's gonna happen? And I I said, you know what? They're gonna drive it off a cliff. It's just in my head. I said they're gonna drive this thing off a cliff, and then I love how they put in. I think it was "What a Wonderful World." Yes, the music. <laughs> yeah, when when the truck is flying off the cliff and the doors open and everybody's like spilling out of it mm-hmm. and going back into the water, and then there's Sigourney Weaver in the background saying stuff like, "Our mission is to release animals back to their natural habitat." <laughs> that was pretty awesome yeah so i mean as ridiculous as it was it was still i don't know it was still cool i was like okay but well yeah a little bit yeah that's what i felt like i don't know finding nemo is such it's a simple story and yet it's so like such a gigantic adventure like epic adventure because they're crossing the whole entire ocean Whereas finding Dory, you know, once you cross the ocean, which is really quick, you're just you're stuck in this little place, this Marine Life Institute. So for me, it just felt a little claustrophobic, I guess, just because I don't know. I just my my expectations were too high. So I really want to see it again now that I know what to expect, just because 
because of that, you know, because there were some cute moments like we're going through right now. And the, the fact that Hank has, you know, he's kind of the cantankerous character with the three hearts of gold. You yeah, know, that was great. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I can appreciate it more if I if I see it again, I guess. So that that was like when I when I left the movie theater, I was like, hmm. I wanted to really like this a lot, and I just don't, you know? So I, I felt kind of sad after watching it. But hopefully, if I watch it again, I'll like it better. Cause- I, think it's, I think it's interesting that they would pick to for Dory's backstory to be in an aquarium, considering mm. all of the stuff that's been going down in the last several years with SeaWorld and all yeah. of that stuff. And they, I don't know if they were trying to make any kind of a statement. I mean, they didn't make any overt political statements in this, but it just kind of was like interesting to me that they would choose an aquarium just with all the stuff going on. I mean, now granted I'm one of, the biggest advocates for SeaWorld. I think SeaWorld does a lot of amazing things and I have no problems with SeaWorld Mm -hmm. or aquariums or zoos or whatever, because I think they have a purpose, but right. You know, it just kind of, I was like, Oh, Hmm. all right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know if they were intending on that or I honestly, I think it was just working through what we knew of Dory from finding Nemo what could be her backstory, you know, based on things that she said or, you know, things like that. Like some of the phrases that she said in Finding Nemo are actually on the walls at the Marine Life Institute. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Now, did you think that she wasn't going to find her parents? And this is a big time spoiler spoiler alert. We should have said that at the beginning. But yeah. um, did you think that she wasn't going to find her parents? I think it's a Disney film, a feel-good movie, and I think she definitely was going to find them. So it's really? pretty much how. Yeah. Okay, here's my question. Because seeing as how we've been doing Disney Vault Talk, or you know, me and Steve Glosson have been doing it, Disney parents don't fare well. I don't care I know. who you are as a Disney parent, whether you're a Pixar parent or a classic animation parent, usually you die. <laughs> Right. So that's where your head was at? Yeah, I was like, well, she's probably not going to find him because Disney parents don't exist. <laughs> well, I, I, I took that into account when, when I thought about your question. And I just, I just think that if the whole search is for finding Dory's past and Dory's family, then her parents would be alive. Well, her parents need to consider themselves lucky that they are fish. Because yes. if they were something else, they would not be alive. <laughs> well... If I don't know if you're a clownfish, you know that might not be good for you either. Because yeah, so Nemo's if you're mom, a dory fish, whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Oh, blue tangs, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know where royal I, blue tang. I don't know royal, where I, I don't know. pulled that out of. <laughs> yeah, there's something royal in there too. <laughs> yeah. So yes, just be don't be a clownfish parent, basically. <laughs> You know, and it's also interesting, too, because this Sunday, Shark Week starts, and Ooh. there were no sharks, which okay. I was a little bit sad because I wanted a shark. Now, well, there was, was a, it wh- she a whale shark? She was a whale shark, but that's typically still a whale. What? But isn't it a shark? I don't think so. I think whale sharks are whales. I don't know. Huh. We'll Google it while we discuss. Yes. So what were your thoughts on the fact that the otters were used only for a cuddle party? Uh, oh, um, 
<laughs> I really didn't expect to see otters. So the fact that I did, I was like, oh, that's cute. I, I don't know. Was I supposed to think of something weird? I don't know. I love otters, so... Oh, okay. I was really excited for them. No, a whale shark is a slow-moving, filter-feeding shark and the largest known extant fish species. What does that mean? What does that word mean? Huh. I don't know. Uh, extant study... I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, it's as in not extinct. It's not. That's what that means. Oh. It's a not extinct species. The largest confirmed individual had a length of 41 and a half feet and weighed 47,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So there was a shark. Her name was Destiny. She was very nice. Mm-hmm. She was not like Bruce. Right. Well, I mean, Bruce didn't well, Bruce mean was to nice. be mean. He just smelled no. good. It's true. So and I don't remember what. Black and dead. That was crazy. And I don't remember the other two sharks' names. Um, either. But, so, Destiny was interesting. So, back to the otters. Otters are, like, my favorite animal outside of penguins. And so, I had seen all the marketing that there were otters in this movie. And that's why I asked you about the otter. I said, is the baby otter cool? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And so, then when we get to it, where they're talking about otters and cuddle parties and all this stuff. And Dory goes and gets all the otters. I'm like, that's all I get. I get, I get an otter cuddle party fence. Like, <laughs> See, on. I guess I would be upset if this was foxes. Oh, yeah. And I was promised more foxes. Yeah. And all I got was that. So I understand. So there are these blind bag finding Dory little vinyl figures. They're not Funko. They're just something <gasps> else. Yeah. I've and seen them. There's, I have a little window on the back. And I wanted the otter. So I pulled them all off the shelf and pushed them up into the window. So until I found an otter. <laughs> <laughs> there's a window on the back of the blind there's a bag? little yeah there's a little clear window and if you push oh. the figure up you can see who's in there oh <gasps> nice and so i i have the otter and then also at the disney store there was an otter lunchbox mm-hmm. that i really want but you know they didn't get enough time in my opinion but that's okay right so did you like destiny i did i thought she was very cute uh, she, let's see, she and Hank, I liked her better than Hank, I would say, in general. But I, I really felt like a lot of their jokes were for the kids in the mm-hmm. audience, more so than a lot of other Pixar films where they'll, where they kind of go to adults and kids. I felt a lot of their gags were more for kids. Yeah. I, that was my feeling. I liked her and Bailey a lot. I really liked her and Bailey when they were like, we're going to jump out of here. Yeah, yeah. And I think she's really cute. Like, I've seen her plush at the Dis- you know, at Disneyland and stuff, and it's adorable. Like, I kind of want adorable. it. Adorable. <laughs> yes, yes. I know all the plush characters for Finding Dory are just so cute. So. They are. They really, really I- are. There's a mug that I kind of want mm-hmm. that's Dory inside of, a, of the side of the coffee pot. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I've cool. actually never seen that on the shelf because I think they're snapped up so fast. They have a lot of them at Disney World. A lot. Oh, interesting. If I had known you had wanted one. I don't know if you actually want one. Not enough to get one. We have so many mugs. That's one of those things. It's like, yes, that's cute. But I have so many mugs. So, yeah. So did you have a favorite part? I know you didn't really... You're not all, like, gung-ho finding Dory yet, but... I did have a favorite part, and it was the seashells moment. Mm, that when was she, a good one. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. When she finds her home, 
and you just you just see how dedicated her parents were to having her find her way home like just oh that that got to me i had tears yeah no that was that was really amazing i agree um i'm trying to think for me yeah what my favorite part was oh obviously the cuddle party but that didn't last very long <laughs> so i would say it's kind of odd because it's not like a super emotional moment, but it's at the beginning when Marlon and Dory are sort of getting into an argument at the drop-off about her wanting to go and find her parents and Marlon saying that she just can't do it, kind of similar to Finding Nemo and all that stuff. And Mr. Ray is around because Mr. Ray has been taking the kids out on an excursion and to see the Stingray migration. Yes. And Mr. Ray's like, Oh, like trying to break the tension. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. I think it was cool when he went on the migration and they're all singing. Yeah, that was really, really cool. That was that cool. Was and cute. I loved Mr. Ray and Finding Nemo, so I was so glad that he was back. Yes, but it was a different voice, wasn't it? You know, I don't actually know that, but we can find out. You know, I think I think Marlon, Nemo, and Dory were all the same voices. But I'm not sure right. who is in the sort of background characters, if any of them were the same. I think Crush was the same. Mm-hmm. Because the um, person who did Crush is Andrew Stanton, who is the director of this movie. Oh. So that yes. would make yes, sense. Yes, you're right. That they and he was also same. another character in this movie, too. I think he was one of the um, seals. I think he was one of the seals. The sea lions, you mean? Uh, yes, that's what I mean. What is the difference between a seal and a sea lion? So, well, seals are like usually white or they're like spotty. And sea lions are the brown ones that live on rocks. Oh. Sea lions have whiskers. Right. Okay. But seals don't? Most seals are Aren't don't. seals black? Some seals can be black. Yeah. Black or white or... Spotty. Huh. I don't know. We'll look that up in a minute. Um, Mr. Ray is played by Bob Peterson in this one. Because huh. I think in the last one, he's played by uh, the guy who's in all the John Ratzenberger. Hank, which I thought yes. he did a great job doing that. But yeah, so Al- Andrew Stanton, who is the director, he did Crush. But I'm not seeing him as anybody else now did they ask you guys to stay until the end of the credits uh they didn't ask us we just stayed so you did get to see the scene at the end yes of course i'm terrible at remembering tags though can you jog my memory it had to do with the original film and characters from the original film that may or may have been in plastic bags (gasps) yes yes i loved that moment yeah so if you haven't seen it yet and you just got completely spoiled on the entire movie i apologize and also stay until the end because there is a cameo from gill peach bubbles deb and Flo, jocks you know all those guys in the aquarium our fun our fun friends from the dentist office yes <laughs> Which, how are they still alive i know i know <laughs> I don't know, but that was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. 
is pretty entertaining. Now, let's talk a little bit, um, as we wrap this up, let's talk a little bit about how Finding Dory has been doing at the box office. Because that has been one of the biggest things, is that Dory is sort of blowing the box office apart right now. (laughs) And Disney, in general, in the last, I'd say, year and a half, has been blowing apart the box office. Right. I know. No kidding. Now, have you heard all the numbers and all that stuff? So I know the first weekend it made like 136 million or something, mm-hmm. which was either the first or the second best Pixar uh, film. So with the first weekend, um, it did 136.1 million dollars in 4,300 theaters. So that gave you about an average of 31,000 dollars per theater. And mm-hmm. the great thing about this is that it broke the record for the largest single day and opening day for an animated film with its opening day totaling an estimated $54.9 million. And the closest one that comes to that is Shrek the Third, which did $47 million. Wow. So that was a huge, huge, huge thing. It opened in 29 international territories, and it has an estimated $50 million for a global opening gross, which means altogether it's $186.2 million. Wow. Its international rollout actually included the largest Pixar opening ever in China at $17.5 million, and the biggest Disney Pixar opening weekend ever in Australia was $7.6 million. <laughs> so it's just, it's really cool that it's doing all of that kind of stuff. Right. Because that puts it at the same level of Toy Story. It makes it comparable with Toy Story, and there hasn't been another Pixar film that could be compared to the Toy Story franchise at that at this point. Wow. So it's pretty crazy because Toy Story, we obviously know, is just so massive as far as the dollar amount that it's done. So right. that's pretty pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. So now, has it been out two weekends now, or just one? So let me take a look here. I'm on Box Office Moho, which is <laughs> the favorite website. But worldwide, as of today, with the numbers that they've pulled probably from yesterday, it's at 205319000 is what we're looking at. So okay. if we look at weekends... They haven't tabulated the second one, but it's first. It would be two weekends now, so two weeks. Um, But the summary is not here just yet on that, as the weekend just ended a few days ago. So it should they should have that all together, but it's not here yet. Um, It's doing really well, and that is really good news because we've got Rogue One coming out. Zootopia did great. Um, The what was I going to say? Oh, Jungle Book. Just like right. Disney is hitting out of the park as far as having movies that are doing amazing. Except for Alice in Wonderland or Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, you know, but even the first Alice movie was kind of like that. They, It has a very niche group of people. I'm one of them. I really love the Alice hmm. movies, but it's definitely niche for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, the, and you gotta remember, Finding Dory is is out thirteen years after Finding Nemo. Like that's a long right. time. It is. It is. 
but it's enough for like people to who have grown up with it to have kids and are showing the kids there right you know finding finding Nemo yeah which is why I think it's doing so well is because right. there has been enough time that those of us who loved finding Nemo can take our kids to go and see finding Dory now I know neither of you are in that camp but if we were we could <laughs> right but, like, for me, it has enough of a nostalgia factor, and I could definitely have a kid who's about, you know, five or so. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. if if we had chosen to do that so far. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so, I could definitely see that happening. Now, here's an interesting article I want to bring up. It's from Variety. It just came out, I want to say, it came out today, but just earlier this morning. And the title of it says, Independence Day Resurgence Will Be No Match for Finding Dory. Hmm. Which is interesting because Independence Day comes out this Friday, and the original Independence Day was just phenomenal. Oh, that's so awesome. I love the original Independence Day. Me too. Quoting this article, it says, right now, Fox, the studio orchestrating the invasion of Independence Day (laughs) on an opening of $50 million when it hits theaters on Friday. So they're, they're predicting for it to do about that much. Um, it says it's a stol- solid start, but it won't be enough to displace Finding Dory from the top of the box office heap. The Disney smash is looking at a second weekend of roughly $70 million after it shattered records for an animated film de- debut opening at $135.1 million. Fox spent a hefty $165 million to get the flying saucers out of dry dock and will launch the picture across 4,000 theaters. And they think, and in this article they're talking about the fact that Will Smith is not in it really could be hurting it because more people would be going to see it if Will Smith was actually in it. And um, Will Smith isn't in it because he's done so many kind of alien-type films that he just didn't feel like he wanted to do another one. And so they found a way to kind of write his story, you know, write him out (laughs) of the story. But um, it's it's just crazy. Like, yeah. that a movie like Independence Day, which you would expect would displace an animated film, just probably isn't going to do it. Which wow. Is, which is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Yeah. That reminds me, like, that's what I want to do on July 4th. I want to go see Independence Day. <laughs> on Independence Day? That's yes. A, that's a, well, yeah. That's what I did when it first came out, and it was awesome. It was like this theater was packed, and we were all cheering, and it was like this awesome experience. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And we may do that, too. If I'm yeah. not working, we may do that, too. So I want to read one other thing. This is from a Variety article about Finding Dory that came out June 19th, so just a few days ago. It says, The success of Finding Dory comes as Disney Pixar's parent company has dominated the movie business, fielding the year's three highest grossing pictures globally in Zootopia, The Jungle Book, and Captain America's Civil War. Finding Dory seems destined to join those films among 2016's top earners, partly because it is appealing to all age groups. Disney Mm -hmm. distribution chief Dave Hollis predicted that the film was gearing up for a run for the ages, noting that it was playing well with both families, who are 65% of ticket buyers, and older audiences, with adults comprising 26% of the crowds, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think there's so many adults going because we mm-hmm. were the people who loved Finding Nemo. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to go out and see it again and buy a ticket this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I need to actually buy a ticket for this. Yeah. Yay. So overall, I mean, I know you didn't like it much, so we should probably, we should definitely just you and I talk again after you see it again. But yes. Is this conversation kind of getting you a little bit more hyped to like. 
Yeah, definitely. And just hearing some of the thoughts, like if you head over to adventuresbydaddy.com, there's an article on uh, the press conference where, you know, you had Ellen and you had a lot of the voice cast plus the filmmakers as well talking about what went into the movie. And I know that always gets me interested in seeing again, seeing it again. And they talked about some of the the disabilities thing, you know, like Dory kind of has a disability. And yet, despite that, she is amazing. So uh, it's just a different way of learning. And I think this film overall, like in general, looking ahead can be a way, you know how Inside Out was like a way for people to, you know, talk about their emotions. Oh, yeah. Like Like it helped you talk about your emotions easier. I think this film in the future can help people talk about learning with disabilities easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I brought that up in the press conference. So if you head over to adventuresbydaddy.com, you can read this article uh, with some of that info from the filmmakers themselves. And it's really, really cool. So, and just because of that, I want to see it again as well. Awesome. All right. So yeah, we haven't done a show in a while, and we really don't have an ending for the show, but why don't you let everybody know where they can find your stuff if they don't know already, which they should know. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, of course, you can find Teresa and I on fangirlsgoingrogue.com, which is our awesome all-female podcast about Star Wars, <laughs> and we love that. And you can also find me at skywalkingthroughneverland.com, where we do the Star Wars Disney podcast with my husband, and I am at Jedi Tink on Twitter. Awesome. So if you want to interact with us between the shows, you can always find Fangirl Chat, all of us that are involved with it, over on the Fangirls Going Rogue Facebook page. We know that it doesn't have the same name, but we don't feel like running five different Facebook pages. So just go to Fangirls Going Rogue on Facebook. You can also interact with us about Fangirl Chat just by tweeting our Instagramming to at FG Going Rogue. You can send an email to contact at fangirlsgoingrogue.com. Or you can just interact with us individually. Trisha, who's usually here, she's not here right now. She's done a had a really big family trip and she just wasn't available, hasn't seen the movie yet. So fangirl at fangirl cantina. And as Sarah said, she's at Jedi Tink and I am at Ice Cold Penguin. So until next time, make sure you tweet at us. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. It's just yeah. we just haven't had anything that we really wanted to discuss in a while. <laughs> so um, until next time. Again, we have no outro to the show, so um, ta-ta just keep, for now. Or just keep swimming. Just keep I swimming. Just keep swimming. That's right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.